Appreciate you guys being here. And uh, it's obviously it's a big day. We're going to talk about both signing classes. But first of all, I want to talk about the, the addition of a new coach, uh, Coach Schramm, Dave Schramm. Um, comes to us from Weber State, who's the offensive coordinator there with Jay and uh, obviously on some tremendous teams. Uh, it's great to have Dave here finally and, and get it done. He's, I've been with Dave for a number of years throughout my career and just exactly what uh, Utah State's all about. He cares about the kids first. He's been doing this for a long time, has an unbelievable amount of knowledge from being a coordinator for a number of years at Utah, Fresno State, uh, when they had the great run with Carr. Um, you know, done what they've done at Weber State for a number of years. He's just been doing this uh, at a very high level. So excited to have him. Um, toughness, grit, tremendous teacher on the field, tremendous teacher off the field. Uh, coaches the game of football because he uh, he wants to, not because he has to. I think that's very important. He wants to be here in this area. He has a boy that plays football at Boise and has another boy. They're both twins. Uh, they're both twins. They're twins and. Uh, the other one is uh, playing baseball at University of Utah. So the ties around here are very important. Um, it's a tremendous family, and it's a tremendous addition to uh, our Aggie family. So um, welcome, Dave, and we're excited to get him going. He'll be coaching the running backs, and that will be his job, and he'll also be involved in the special team side. So it uh, should be a great addition to that offensive staff, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the staff in a minute. A couple things on the current team I just I can't go without mentioning. And, yes, I do have to put my glasses on to see some of these. So uh, that's just where we are in life. So away we go. Uh, best GPA ever last fall um, for a Utah State football team. I know it's been mentioned before, but it needs to be mentioned a lot. It was a great accomplishment with a group of kids uh, during the football season to be able to get that done. I thought that was uh, fantastic. Great work by the academic people. Wonga and his crew on Slade were fantastic with helping our kids. Our coaches were a big part of that. But the most important thing is our kids took great pride in that. Uh, it means a ton to me uh, for them to be able to reach a goal like that. Our grad transfer uh, GPA, which is really, really important. You know, a lot of places, a lot of things, situations, a lot, is always, there, a lot of talk is always about the grad uh, grad transfer kids just coming in to play football. They don't care about the school that they're at. They don't really care about the grad, the uh, graduate program that they're in. Uh, throughout the country, that's not the case with our kids. Uh, the grad transfer GPA was a 3.5, um, and that's fantastic. And that is a, a huge sense of accomplishment for them. They should be very proud of it, and they've represented the school very well on the field and off the field. Uh, that's a very important part of this. Community service. Our kids are really busting their tails. It means a lot. And I just say that not to really pat ourselves on the back, but to please people reach out with community service opportunities for our kids because we are always anxious to, to get involved in the community as much as we possibly can. And then our Beyond Football program um, that Wonga works with along with Zach Nyborg is uh, continually growing. It's becoming much more powerful. Um, if people want to be involved in that from helping us reach out into the community to get internships, you'll have some ideas where our kids, again, can get out and, and touch within the community to help them grow as, as young men and to help us grow as a community, please reach out to us. So those are some important things that I, I had to talk about today a little bit. The current team working very hard. Um, they know they've got some competition coming their way. It's all about toughness right now and, and building teamwork and leadership and all those things that come with us. But I think we're in a good spot. We have a lot of goals in the weight room. Uh, to where we need to be to become a tough physical team in those slug out games that we're going to get, especially on our side that we play in. We're going to play very, very competitive to get to that championship game on our side. We all know 
you can't afford to stub your toe very many times during the season and have a chance to play for a championship. And uh, so our, our physicality, you know, we have to compete every day against that weight. Uh, we have to compete every day against each other in the indoor when we're given those opportunities. And I think they're answering the bell there, but uh, we put some big, big goals on top of them. Um, you know, 30 kids that squat 500 pounds and 30 kids that bench 225 uh, 20 times. Those are big goals. Can we get there? I don't know. I hope we sure can, but they're going to fight like crazy. So I'm, I'm proud of the way they're competing, and I'm also proud of the way they're competing uh, You know, when they leave our facility at this point. But that needs to continue. It's an everyday process to keep educating. Um, this coaching staff, they're to be commended for this hard work. You know, We looked at having a smaller class than we, than we signed, uh, but there was kids we just could not say no to. And we'll talk about those guys a little bit as we go through here, but that's because the coaches did a tremendous job. You know, Keegan and, and uh, Trevor and Trevor within the recruiting aspect of what they do, they did a great job of identifying and functionally moving us through the process, and the coaches did a great job of going out and uh, showing people who we are. We always talk about showing them Cache Valley, showing them Utah State. We don't have to sell anything here. We have to show them who we are, what we're about, what's expected. Um, and again, when we got parents on campus, our success rate was, was through the roof. So, uh, you know, thank you to all the professors, um, to everybody on campus from the places we go to eat and be involved in. So it takes us all to be able to get these kids to commit and come to us. So thank you to all the people that were involved in that, um, especially the coaching staff and the recruiting guys and the academic people who work so hard to uh, present our school the way that it is and not some facade um, of what we're pretending to be. Um, Stayed within our recruiting model. If you sit back and you look at it, there's eight kids, eight young men, eight uh, signees from the state of Utah, which is always big for us. Um, you know, there's ten missionaries. Six that are going be going on missions, and four that will be returning from missions. It's a big part of our program. There's a strong Polynesian presence within this class, which is really the three pillars of who we want to be, and we always talk about. And that that uh, is exactly what we expect, and exactly how we like our. Uh, recruiting classes to uh, fit in, and that's the case here. And um, then we've got, uh, excuse me for looking down here, but when you break it down, you know, six players from California, three from, Te excuse me, six, eight players from Utah, uh, six players from California, three from Texas, and uh, uh, one player from Arizona, Florida, Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, Virginia, and Australia. So it's a tremendous job of coaches reaching out throughout the country, and you know, we recruit nationally as needed. But, you know, we're really going to stick hard within our areas and, and uh, make those pillars of our recruiting idea and our recruiting plan fit the pillars of our program. So that's, uh, that's a big part of it. Moving on to the recruiting class. Uh, the biggest thing I'm going to say about this recruiting class, you know, there's 24 additions, um, 19 new faces, right? Uh, six of them are already in the program here with possibly one more that could join us a little bit later in the semester. Uh, so we'll have 12 or 13 new faces in summer conditioning. That's a low number, just like we thought it would be, uh, but that's a great number to have in there. And I will say about these kids is, you know, all 19 really of those kids, minus the kids that are going to go out on their mission, the six that are leaving on their mission, um, they're going to compete to play. I mean, I don't look at one of them and say, oh, that's a guaranteed developmental guy that has no chance to get on the field and play for us. There is going to be a lot of competition from these kids uh, for them to get on the field and compete and play, whether it's special teams, offense, or defense. You know, we wanted to recruit length. We got that done. We wanted to recruit speed. We got that done. We wanted to recruit football intelligence. I believe we got that done. And most importantly, we wanted to recruit kids that truly believe uh, and love the game of football. And that was those were high uh, 
bullet points for us as we went through this recruiting cycle. Uh, I believe we've met those. Time will tell. We'll see where it all goes from there. But again, this is a great group of kids that are highly competitive, and I think that's what's going to give them a chance to come in and compete. The specialists need to play. Um, they need to come in and expect to be Contribute, yes, work their way into a starting spot. They control that. We don't, but the specialist is a big part of this, and we sit in there and say, you know, Stephen, Ryan, and, and, and Jacob, what are they going to bring to the table? We need immediate help in that position. We lost some really good players there last year, and we need to create competition in that area. So excited about that. Also, the running backs. Both of them, young men, both of those young men walking in here uh, and coming in competing at a high level at the running back position is something that we need. Um, and then again, I just say it one more time: is I really believe that those other high school signees will come in here and compete. That's on them to see you know, how hard they how hard they work and where they're going to fit into the pitcher. Uh, return missionaries, I love that crew. I love that crew. That crew, depending on when they come back and where they went, you know, and all the things that come with it. But that is. That's, it's a crew that if you look at them as a whole, they're long, they're athletic, they compete like crazy, uh, their film jumps off at you, you know, they love Utah State, they're excited to get back here. Frank Miley does a tremendous job of tracking those young men while they're on their mission. Uh, those guys, I believe, will all be four difference makers in our program as we grow forward. Is that going to happen this year? I don't know. Again, that's, uh, that's, we'll see as they come in and they get back in uh, into shape and all the things that come with it, but that's a tremendous crew, and I think a lot of those kids – I know they have the opportunity to help us this year. We'll see. Um, I know they'll expect to help us, but uh, it takes a while to get those mission legs off you, right? A little bit as we go through time. And the junior college signees, it's not their choice. They have to help us. Um, if they don't help us, then, you know, I failed. The recruiting guys failed. The recruiting coach failed. And these young men failed. They need to help us. Um, that's why we recruited them, and I expect them to be able to do that. You know, James is here. Okay, obviously, Xavier's here, and then Justin will work his tail off to get himself here in the summer, which he will, and he'll be prepared to make a difference for us. So they need to, uh, as we've talked about, be difference makers. And then the four-year transfers, you bring those kids in here. Keegan's a little different. Keegan is a young player, uh, but I expect Keegan to come in and compete for a starting job as he goes through the uh, not much in spring uh, with his little setback that he's had from an injury, but he'll be fine once we get into fall camp. I believe he'll compete. And, and Marcus Moore has played in the Pac-12. He's played at a high level, throwing his tape. Um, see what he's done. He's a very good football player, and, and he has the right attitude. And he, again, he fits us. It's so, it's so important when you bring in those four-year transfers. That yes, there's a lot of great players that are four-year transfers. They all have a story, and they all have a, a journey that they've gone through. But does that story and does that journey fit us? And I believe in this case with Marcus, it definitely fits us to uh, what his expectations are for him on and off the field, and we expect him to be a great player. So past that, uh, I'll take your questions. I got to be careful how I ask this question, but mm -hmm. it looks like you like sons of coaches. <laughs> Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah, um, absolutely. In this case, we've got a couple that are great players, uh, potentially great players for us as we go through. But uh, you know, to be able to get uh, sit back and, and you just talk about Breaker and you know what he brings to us, what Justice brings to us. I think they're they're both very good players. Um, you know, genetically, they were blessed through their mothers, which is fantastic for them on the football field. Um, but no, the competitiveness of, of their dads, um, how they were brought up, where they're at, the position that they're putting themselves in to be uh, great football players. And, you know, they got there by themselves. But yes, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have that tag, I believe, as a, as a coach's um, son, for sure. And we're 
lucky to have both those kids and they they both you know went through the recruiting process and went through it the right way you know justice was recruited because of justice not because of justin um in that case and and breaker was um, obviously recruited because of breaker not because of bronco um, and you know my son went through the same situation as they a couple of them went through the recruiting cycle, so it's uh, it's fun to have those kids, and they'll be very good players. Did, did Bronco want to coach his son, or did he just want to? Coach yeah, I think Bronco would have been whatever his whatever Breaker wanted. That's what Bronco wanted, and Breaker had an opportunity to uh, choose between a number of schools, not just between us and, and Virginia at the end of the day. But uh, you know, he decided to come here because he thought that was best for him. And and the great thing, you know, with Bronco, Bronco was able to come here and. And, and took the time to come during the recruiting cycle. And obviously he didn't compromise his positioning as a head coach at Virginia in any way, but he took a day and a half to come out here and see who we were and understand and, and actually made a couple of visits to Logan when uh, he knew that uh, it was a possibility that Breaker wanted to be here. And, you know, um, as a family, they were able to see it. And those two were able to spend a, a recruiting cycle with us a little bit uh, of a day and a half. So it was um, great to have him here. And, uh, you know, Bronco, is. Uh, I talked to him very briefly. Again, it's... It's not about Bronco. It's not about myself. It's about Breaker. But Bronco was excited, um, as is the rest of the family, that he's joining us. What impressed you the most about Justice and his journey and help, helping lead Skydie to his first ever state title? Well, you know, Justice is, uh, he, he competed all year long um, at a high level with, with really an injury that could have taken him out of, of football um, probably pretty early within the season, and he kept on battling. So that shows some toughness, which is not a surprise um, with, his, with his pops. Uh, he's tremendously athletic. Uh, he could, you know, I, I sit back and we say, yeah, he's going to be an offensive lineman right now. That's hard for me to say. I kind of bite my lip when I say that because I watch his tape and think, boy, he'd be a heck of a D lineman too. So that just speaks to his athleticism. Um, he's very driven. You know, he's focused right now on finishing school the right way, rehabbing his injury the right way, and, and going out and doing a great job on his mission and then hopping back in here and, uh, and being a, a great football player at Utah State. So he's, uh, again, he's, he's, He's full of life and energy and excitement as far as where he wants to go. I'm a soft-spoken kid, but he's not soft-spoken on the field. So, uh, great addition. Of the guys on this list, um, who would you say was somebody that you had to fight really, really hard to get and then ended up getting in terms of like mm. competition from other schools? You know, it's you say that, and it's, it's there's so many stories behind that. There's some that we had to fight all the way through. Um, there's some we got on and you know locked our locked on into them pretty tightly and then all of a sudden uh, you know they throw out that graphic and say that they're committed then the world knows and it gets more competitive but uh, you know uh, if, if I just studied down you know John Gentry um, that was a battle to the very end and, and just what a strong family what a strong parents it's a perfect example they don't know you know, AJ's here, right? Um, and he the same high school, same North Shore. AJ's had a tremendous experience in his short time here as a freshman. Um, but him and John are very close friends. Uh, but to have mom and dad both be able to come on the trip and them to be able to feel who we are, what we're about, um, they got to feel Aggie Nation at the basketball game. Um, those things are big, and the expectations of you know understanding. I think the dad had a really, really good understanding of the recruiting cycle and, you know, the challenges that, that we face in this league. You know, they were recruited by a lot of different leagues, um, but they got a true feel of, of what takes place in recruiting as far as, you know, people looking at you and saying, uh, who are you, what you about, uh, what are you about, as us as a program at Utah State, uh, but the parents stood strong all the way until, quite frankly, last night, and, and so did John. John was awesome. Um, but there's... 
You know, <laughs> there's a bunch of those stories. You know, Justin, watch his tape. He's a big, big, giant wide receiver. He's not a big wide receiver. I mean, you, you think that he accidentally got himself on the football bus instead of the basketball bus when he jumps off the bus for a game. Um, but he, you know, a lot of people want those big, tall wide receivers. And um, Coach Phillips did a great job. Um, Coach Orfe gets down in those areas. They kind of work together down there, whether it's Texas or Florida, wherever it's going to be. And, and they, they uh, surround themselves with the people that have confidence in them that they're going to take the young men to a, a really good place. And that really good place is called Utah State. Many people only know it from afar, but those, those guys recruit at a high level. So um, there's a bunch of battles on there. I could go on and on and on. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it goes back to this place it goes back to those coaches doing a great job and showing them you know what this place is all about coach is there such thing as having too much at one position or too much depth at one position and if so does that affect the yeah, it absolutely does. You know, and if you look and you say, you know, we, we, we go look at, you take a young man like Brock Lane, you know, we, our need was as a tight end, tight end, tight end, and we needed to get our numbers there, but our numbers are high as seniors on our list with, uh, with tight ends, and he's different. He's, a, he's an athletic guy that can move and run, and so when you talk about too many, that may put us, you know, maybe looks like right now you're too many, but not with the shift that we're going to have within the offense as far as at times playing with two tight ends more. Um, he's an athlete that is is developed enough um, over the last year and a half. He's grown like eight inches and put on a bunch of weight, and, you know, he could come in and play right away. So that's an example of you may be a little bit maybe one over, but you're not because now that's double positions from what it was um, a lot of times what we did a year ago. You look at our safeties, there's a lot of safeties on our board right now, but you know, those are long levered athletes that can run. And that's what was a point of emphasis in recruiting was is to get longer and run. And then without getting too technical, have the ability to make sure that we can play regardless of the situation within the last six inches. And when I say that it's just you, you can't coach it. There's all these kids have that. They've got that watch their watch their highlight tapes that are out there. They can all make decisions in those last six inches that whether it's tackling or catching a, uh, a contested ball as a corner or a contested ball as a wide receiver or what have you, um, it looks like to us all these kids have that. And so that allowed us to, to grow the class and maybe look heavy in some spots such as the safety spot, um, but they're not because our long lever defenders are going to help us. And that's why they'll have a chance to play as freshmen. Yeah, there were, there were definitely some positions based on graduation and needs that you really had to fill, like yes. special teams, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, D-line. Um, how do you think that went as far as filling those positions, and are there any other positions that you're still looking for? Yeah, it, yeah I, th I think it went well. You know, And every year it's uh, you look back and you say, where, where are you going to take the hits? Where did you take the hits? Um, and, and try to make those be – as small a hits as you can, I suppose. But a lot goes into that, you know, graduation, um, possible transfer kids, uh, injuries, unfortunately, play a part in that. So I think we did a great job of identifying that, studying it, looking at it and saying, okay, what, where, what do we need in these spots? Um, so I'm proud of, again, the staff. And the one thing I did forget to mention is our kids, how our young men in the program recruit when they get here, they do a tremendous job. Um, and that's a, that's a big part of why these guys are here. And the last part of your question, is there more to go? Yes, there is. Um, you know, we'd like to find a linebacker, and we'd like to find um, another running back. And that would be key for us, both potentially grad transfers. Do you think eventually you might take more grad transfers when that all clears here in the next 
just those two spots potentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More, most likely, uh, boy, it would have to be somebody we deemed as just uh, very, very special for us to be able to take another step with anybody else with this class. Uh, I think we're in a really good spot with where we sit with our initials for next year, and obviously we've used all our initials um, moving forward through this year or the plan to be used. Um, so could we look back and say, is there a special athlete out there? Are, you know, we talk about all the time as a staff is never say no to what you would deem as a difference maker. So if that was to show itself, you know, we would look into that situation. But it doesn't necessarily happen. It wouldn't, it wouldn't come from running backs or linebackers for a grad transfer. You could, but you're also still looking for guys in those spots. Yes, we, need, we would like to find a grad transfer or an older player or somebody that we could deem as, as a difference maker to affect our team next year, a linebacker and a running back, uh, and affect us in a positive way to make us better. Um, talk about the two athletes listed as athletes, uh, Kurt Wakely coming back from a mission and Otto Tia. Is there a position that you see them playing or what types of players? Yeah, so if you start with Otto there, Otto's obviously going to serve his mission. Um, he, he's a young man that you sit in the, you know, we, we looked at it today and Bodie, Coach Reeder had never really seen him much because obviously he's been here and hasn't been here for long. We watched his recruiting tape and He's sitting there and he's rolling his eyes like, why is this guy, we talk about him playing defense, right? And then, you know, uh, the defensive coaches are looking at him like, you can shut your mouth, Bodie, right? I mean, that's why, so that's why he's listed as an athlete. And a lot of this is going to depend on how Otto grows, how he develops, uh, you know, where he goes on his mission. He's just a tremendous athlete. Again, tall, long-levered, has a great mentality. Um, was here, you know, he's just, he's, he's going to be a great player for us. Was here last week. Um, so it's, we'll just see how he grows. Um, and you know, with Crew, he's he just he did everything for his team in high school. If you watch the tape, I mean, he was like Mr. Everything, and not to discount the rest of the team, but he was a fantastic football player. Um, and he has the ability to, like I said before, he made he made a lot of great things happen on the offensive side of the ball. We expect that we look at him and say that would definitely transfer over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, a lot of that's. Uh, Again, that same conversation came up that I just mentioned on the offense-defense when we watched his, you know, four or five clips that he has on his uh, on his highlight that's going out there for for signing day. So uh, that's a great compliment to have athlete next to their name because that means you've got people competing for you uh, on both sides of the ball. I watched. Uh, I saw Keegan Duncan play in high school in mm -hmm. person a couple of times. Uh, the most, I think the most dominant high school player I've seen for his competition. I saw DJ Williams play once at Dallas Albert. Probably the two most dominant I've seen. Uh, how confident are you that his abilities will translate at this level? Uh, very confident. Uh, you know, he's been with us. He's obviously in the program. Uh, just every day is is hungry to get better. Uh, he's strong, physical, tough-minded. You know, uh, he's going to get coached by you know Coach Anna at an inside linebacker position, where I think there's nobody better to do that to be able to bring a young player along and get him in a position. Um, to play at a high level early, I think the difference, the the, the switch, um, the tweaks within the defensive scheme will allow Keegan to play within his uh, talent level. Um, when I say talent level, he's a tremendous athlete. He can run. He's long levered. He's going to be a sideline to sideline player, which we want our linebackers to be. But yet he can still be, you know, tough and physical. So the learning curve for him will not be so much of a physical nature, although he hasn't played that position much. 
Um, I think we'll get through that very quickly with him. It's just handling you know, the, the mental side of it and understanding the game of football. But again, there's nobody better than to coach him um, than Justin Ennett to get him ready for that spot. He's, he, he's an exceptional, uh, very rare talent in my opinion. How much um, information can you actually get from the recruiting videos that you see on these websites from these players? Uh, initial, it kind of depends how it's put together by the kid or by the coach or by whoever's putting them together. Uh, but they're very valuable. Uh, you know, we look at them, that's the first thing we usually look at. Uh, we take it from there, and our recruiting department does a tremendous job of breaking it down and, and making a tape that uh, has good and bad and okay stuff in it. So we don't just always just look at the... Uh, stare at the uh, highlight tape. We'll, we'll break down the tape and you know, see what's, uh, what he does, and then we'll watch a whole game on it also. But as an initial evaluation, it is uh, a huge part of the process to get the ball rolling. Coach, I don't need to take any attention on the recruit, but uh, Pro Day coming up here in about a month or so. Mm-hmm. How, do you get to be involved with that, and how much so, and um, how much to look forward to it, too, as much attention as going to be here on Utah State? Um, much as we're, we're involved just as much as we need to to be able to help the kids and whatever that is um, we let the scouts the NFL coaches whoever that is they will we will definitely make sure that they're taken care of and it's done in a first class way to give them any information uh, they could possibly need we'll make sure that uh, their needs are met from an equipment standpoint and what have you um, and that's really our that's all we're really involved in it and that's that's all we really should be involved in it and you know that those guys it's their their job to come in and and evaluate the kids. Uh, the one thing that our strength staff does a tremendous job in and uh, is the young men that want to be around us after they graduate, they're going to work them out. And they don't have to do that. Uh, they do that because they want to, because it matters, because uh, you know those kids need them to be in that position. So the more we can support our kids that are still in the program, even though they don't have any eligibility left, you know, uh, Coach Hicks and his crew do a tremendous job of, you know, from nutrition to uh, stretching to making sure we take care of any nagging injuries or any deficiencies that they have to get them prepared for pro day. If you can think of any of these players, I don't know, but um, was, was there one or two that you know you, you really tried to get but you couldn't get ended up going elsewhere? Oh yeah, absolutely. You, if you win every recruiting battle, you're recruiting the wrong guys, right? Uh, so it's 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 kind of the age old the age old. Uh, Comment I make to the staff every year. I tell them if you're if you go two for four on the guys you're recruiting, you're a great recruiter. If you go one for four, you're fired. And that's kind of what it ends up being, right? So it's it's a very fine line to where uh, you live in the recruiting area as far as uh, you know signing guys. And when I say that overall, that's a that's a whole yeah, that's a whole program looking at each other and identifying good players that you're going to have to compete against and compete at a high level and. You are not going to win them all, and that's okay. That's uh, but when the key thing for me is when you lose, it's really hard for that kid to say, "Gosh, coach, I'm, I'm not coming to Utah State." It's not just he just forgets about you, or he moves on, or didn't have any feelings, or you know didn't have any belief in in this place. Because if, if you have a, if you have a heart, you got a huge belief in this place as you go through the process. In my own personal opinion, and I know I'm biased when it comes to those things when I say that, but that's that's the facts. So. Um, that's the key. You know, you win some, you lose some, uh, and we never, we never cry over spilt milk. Spilt milk when we get to that point, we just go. We just go fight again and, and and find the next guy. And the one thing we will not do as a staff, and we'll never beg a kid to come to Utah State. That will never happen. Once they make that decision and say, "Hey, here's what we're going to do," we'll educate, we'll communicate a bit, but we're not going to beg because we don't have to beg anybody to come to this place. Do any specifically come to mind? That we lost. Yeah. 
I wouldn't mention my I wouldn't mention their name even if I did know. <laughs> Were you would you say you recruit mostly against teams in our conference? Or is no, um, no, it's a mixed bag, and it's uh, obviously the more we're on the West Coast, we're much more into teams that uh, are in our area, um, and then ch teams kind of change dynamics as, as coaches change, you know. And we, we'll always try to hold our blueprint, and I think anybody knows uh, this year and 15 years from now there is a blueprint to recruit out at Utah State, and if you follow that blueprint. You'll fail. It's been proven for whatever 30 years in the state of Utah. Um, but for instance, Colorado State was very heavy in Texas, and we didn't run into them this year in Texas. Is that is that going to be a plan? I don't know. But for whatever reason, we just didn't hit them in there. But uh, we bang around with uh, California schools when we go to California, um, and uh, you know we go to the Northwest. We we bang into you know potentially with uh, you know Boise's always done a great job in the Northwest. Uh, and uh, some of the you know, Fresno gets up into that area or, or used to get up in that area. What they do now, we'll see as we go through time. Um, San Jose goes through that area some, although they're very heavily involved just in California. So uh, it's, you know, it's we get them from conferences from all over the country. In all your years, recruiting Utah has changed because Utah has now recruited much more nationally than it ever has been, yep. isn't it? So isn't it harder to get the good kids from Utah that maybe at one time you you guys would have the three of you lined up and probably had your pick? It is. It's much more difficult to recruit the state of Utah. Um, and uh, which is which is great for the state of Utah, but it does, you know, become much, much more competitive. And I think that there's sometimes when some teams walk in here and, and coaches are pounding the table to recruit Utah that have knowledge of Utah as a whole and then they may get to Oklahoma State this year, I think, took two kids, if I'm not mistaken, from the state uh, of Utah, and that's you know that is that normal? Is that a recruiting blueprint for Oklahoma State? No, uh, but obviously they did. So that has to come from a coach that had knowledge of Utah. And the more it spreads, uh, I think people see how how the kids in Utah you know play the game, what their mindset is, um, their belief, and it's not always perfect, but what the programs do, the success that the programs are having from all of the levels, you know, from Snow College to Weaver State to what Dixie State did last year, SUU a couple of years ago wins a championship, you know, uh, we do what we do, BYU does what they do, um, you know, it just, Utah does what they do, I mean, you look at it and it's, uh, every team definitely yeah, it has to raise your eyes and say, they're doing something right because of the success they're having. Do you have enough Utah guys on your Still. We'd like it to be a third. I haven't done the math on that, but we'd like it to be at least a third. I thought a year ago we needed to ramp it up and amp it up a little bit to get to that. Um, so I don't know those numbers. That's, I'll, I'll know by the end of the day um, exactly where we sit. But I think we're you know we're making strides, um, and we still will add a couple you know walk-on kids. A big a big point for us is we we're going to recruit walk-ons here, um, and just like we've always done in the past, and we need to make sure that. You know, that's a point of emphasis is nobody does a better job, in, it's my own opinion, again, I don't have numbers that back this up, but as far as walk-ons getting on scholarship, and we had four of them last year that we put on scholarship um, that were well-earned, and we need to continue down those lines, and that means you recruit walk-ons that fit our blueprint and allow us to be able to, you know, continue to, to move forward. So I think every year it's kind of a debate between fans or coaches, players, whatever, um, whether it's better to take an in-state guy that may seem like he's not quite as good as say a Florida kid or whatever California, so is there is there a way to quantify that or how 
how do you decide to take the kid from Utah instead of maybe a guy from Florida or California that may be high, more highly recruited? Well, honestly, we, we look at the first of all, um, Utah is within our blueprint, and if it's close, it's going to Utah, um, hands down, and that's just that's what we believe in, and we'll we'll never so we'll never sway from that. Secondly, we look at ourselves as a developmental program, and you know if we we started sat in here for an hour and started listing those names of those developmental kids that started in this program and became great players, you know we'd be it'd be a long list, um, and we're very prideful in that because we realize that so many kids in the state of Utah are multi-sport athletes and. You know, when you're 17, 18 years old, 16 years old, and you're going from football, you're jumping into basketball or whatever it is after that, then it goes to baseball or track or whatever, and then you're right back into football in the summer. Well, you never lift weights, you never develop, you never grow, but you're competing every day, and that's what we love. We love the competitors. Um, so weighing them out as far as where they sit, um, you know, will sway to that side um, because other places they're more locked in, you know. Um, we had a young man come on his trip this uh last week and his head high school coach was actually had the opportunity to come with him and he said you know coach it's crazy to me that uh, ask how many baseball players he had on his football team and he basically said well you know the baseball coach doesn't let him play football and that's that's crazy to me and that's weird but whatever that's the way it is and so um they're more highly developed right they're more skilled in certain situations because they don't play as many sports and so their ceiling is uh uh, at Utah, you know, their floors are going to keep going up a little bit more as they develop. So it's a long answer to that question, but uh, and I don't think we ever look and say, you know, where are you from, how you fit. It's are you going to be able to adapt to who we are because wherever you're coming from, you know, we ain't changing. I mean, we are who we are, um, and you'll have to adapt to us. And that's uh, that's a big part of the recruiting process. What's your kind of number one priority integrating the new guys into into the well, there's you know they come in at different times, uh, but if I just said what whether they come in now, whether they come in the summer, whether they come in for fall camp, the biggest thing is to make sure that we work on um, delivering an environment of, of trust within a position coach, um, trust within a team that they get a big brother that's going to take care of them, so they have somebody that they can lean on, um, and then you know understand the expectations, and, and those expectations are set very clear when we come on the trip, but. You know, you gotta. You don't. You don't just write core values up on the wall just to have them there to take up space. You know, um, you got to identify and understand and, and start to engage. And you know, what is the plan to win? And we've talked about that uh, as a football team this year, and that's a big point of emphasis. Complementary football is, is as big a part of the plan to win right now as anything. Um, and and so, how do you do that? That means you have to be unselfish, and you may be on special teams for three snaps a game, or you may be playing 70 snaps a game, or you may be on scout team. You got to know your role and accept your role. Um, and then what we do academically, you know, we have high, high expectations for these kids, um, and not everybody is not everybody's goal is to hey you have to get a 3.0. That's not the goal. We want that as a football team, um, but some kids, for quite frankly, get a 2.5. That's academic success. They've done very well. They've they get a 3.2 and they're in business school. That's unacceptable because there's a lot of people in business school that's going to blow past them and they're going to lose jobs once they graduate. So their expectations academically, and then you know when you're here. Uh, you live in a wonderful fishbowl as a student athlete in Logan, Utah, and um, you know you're gonna you're gonna affect little eyes and little ears every single day. And the goal is to affect those little eyes and those little ears in a positive way because it's very rare when you walk away from a student athlete of any any uh, team that they're on 
that that experience with little eyes and little ears. It's usually not well. That was just okay. It's usually that was really cool, or it stunk. Right? That's what happens. And uh, we want to make sure it's really cool side.